You know what's really great about life? It's that no matter where you are or what you're doing, it's five o'clock somewhere. to Will Write for Why. Again, I'm Lucy March. And I'm CJ Barry. And if we sound familiar, it's because I'm also Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm also Samantha Graves. <laughs> yes. What would, in any other context, require a visit to a mental health professional? It's just another day in the life of a writer. Yesterday I was Lonnie, today I'm Lucy, and there you go. Mm-hmm. In addition to reinventing ourselves, we also decided to reinvent the podcast. We figured, hey, what are the odds that we'd both be writing under different names at the same time? It seemed like a sign. Yes, absolutely. Plus, we really missed you guys. And each other. And the (laughs) laughing and snorting and occasional swearing, which, by the way, is one of the things we're changing. Yes, hide the kids. But that's all later in the show. Lucy, what are you drinking tonight? No, 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 wait. I can curse now? (laughs) Really? Because you never let me do that before. Every time I did that before, you would be like, oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, that's cool. Anyway, Well, CJ is a lot less uh, uptight than Samantha, so... Oh, good. Yeah. I like CJ. Yeah, yeah <laughs> me too. <keep> CJ. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lucy is even more foul than Lonnie ever was, so I don't know what's going on with that. Plus, we're feeding her mango mimosas, which is our wine Ooh, tonight. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, we chose it because when we were in New York City once, we were walking around the West uh, Village and found this little cafe that was serving mango mimosas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we each had one and loved them. And ever since, we've always celebrated <laughs> with mango mimosas. So we're celebrating. <laughs> now, uh, Lucy, what do you, how do you like it? How do you like your mango well, mimosas? Uh, let me tell you, mango, champagne, what's not to love? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it, too, especially since I can make it for a lot less than the $8 they charge us for one in New York City, <laughs> which is like highway robbery. Well, yes, but they gave us a wonderful idea that has paid off in spades since. So I say, well worth it. Five glasses <laughs> for me. All right, me too. Okay, so now we're on to our next segment, which is Cheers. Yes, the Cheers segment is where we talk about whatever we want to talk about, regardless of whether it's appropriate, on topic, or even if it makes sense. (laughs) Basically, it's not terribly different from what we did before, but now we've got a segment dedicated to making no sense off topic. Right. Now you know what to expect and when to expect it. So for tonight's (laughs) Cheers... We're actually going to behave ourselves, at least yes. so far. I mean, yes. who knows what we're going to bring up? But um, it's we're going <laughs> to we're going to talk about the new show a little bit. You might have mm-hmm. noticed it's, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not keeping up. Uh, yes, starting with different <laughs> names, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> this right, is going CJ. to be impossible. Well, okay. Now, you know what's really funny though is that this is the first time. Ever. Like, even yeah. though I've taken on the Lucy March name and, like, mm-hmm. I set up the website at lucymarch.com and I've got, like, nobody's ever called me Lucy before tonight. <laughs> this is, like, my first, aside from, like, you know, a little bit where I kind of came into the Whiffer forum as Lucy, all of a sudden everybody's <laughs> like, hey, Lucy, how you doing? You know, nobody's ever, so it's, like, it's weird for me. But you, I actually uh-huh. knew you first as CJ. I know. And then once we got to know each other better, you're like, yeah, call me Cindy. So I called you Cindy. <laughs> and then you picked up Samantha Graves and we started to do the podcast. 
So I had to call you Sam. Mm-hmm. And then you were Cindy again mm-hmm. because we stopped doing the podcast and I had no reason to call you Sam. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, got a contract, CJ Barry. And now we're doing the podcast and I have to call you CJ. It's all like circular, coming back on itself. So. Yes, yes. Well, welcome yeah. to uh, publishing. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get used to you. Know, you're going to be like, Lucy, Lucy. I'm like, what? Me? Lucy? Who? Oh, yeah. You know, okay. But anyway. So there are other changes as well. Instead of us producing a podcast every Friday. Yes, and having a hangover every Saturday. Yeah, we're going to do them (laughs) once a month on the second Friday of the month. Which is good because then we only have a hangover every second Saturday. Unless I happen to be visiting Ohio on the first Friday of the month, like next month, then we'll have it on the first Friday. Yay! Yay! And we'll be in the same room. So it'll be one of those with the really horrible audio because we'll be using the same microphone, which always screws up our audio. (laughs) But we're together, so it's fun. Very excited. So from now on, you're going to get new episodes once a month. Also, we have decided to turn all the decision-making over to you, the whiffers. <laughs> yes. And for those of you who are new or who have recently been hit on the head very hard, the <laughs> whiffers are the listeners of Will Write for Wine. So like Will Write for Wine wi- listeners, we right. couldn't say that um, by the by the e-block. So we just shortened it to whiffers. And in other words... <laughs> I don't words, know how that happened. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, they became whiffers. <laughs> Which sounds vaguely odd, but it's, yes, I like it. It is. Well, and now we have Padawiffs, and we have, what are I the know, others we oh, have? Right. Oh, yeah, oh, God, yeah, no yeah, idea. it's great. <laughs> All right, so our whiffers are you, basically. Yeah, Not basically. you, Lucy. Everybody else but, but Lucy. Them. And me. Yes. Who's listening? <laughs> we haven't even really been drinking that much yet, so it's just only going to no. get better as we go. <laughs> Okay, and we even have a place for y'all to hang out. And at the uh, the dead, the dead, the dead. Okay, I did, I wrote that, and it's not good. But anyway, we have a place for y'all to hang out, which is willwriteforwine.com forward slash forum, and mm-hmm. it is there that you will decide what we're going to talk about every month. Yes, there will be a poll deciding the month's category for the show: uh, writer improv, writing discussion, or movie night. And then you'll tell us what specifically you want us to talk about. Right. It's all up to you guys. We're just going to show up and drink. And record it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because apparently neither one of us has any aspirations to ever go into politics. (laughs) 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 All right. We'll we'll be answering your questions from the forum. So whatever you want us to talk about, we'll talk about. And I'll tell you something. Don't have to be writing related. We're going to go off topic. We're going to, we actually had an idea when we were drunk one night after, you know, when we we did a podcast, like, you know, last year or whatever. Which (laughs) time? Which time we were drunk. Exactly. You know, we're too old to be drunk like that once a week. Every week, yeah. um, Yeah. I know every Saturday I'd wake up and be like, oh my Uh, God. I know. uh, Then you have to listen to the podcast or figure out what we said. (laughs) But every time we finish the podcast, we actually sit on Skype while I edit the audio and then... CJ, I'm like, what name am I going to call <laughs> you? Anyway, it's the CJ other one. Would put up the. <laughs> it's just, it's going to be sloppy, guys. You know yeah. what? I'm just, I'm warning you now. Um, yeah. And you would go up, and we would start talking about like crazy stuff. Crazy we like, we stuff. should do a podcast about this, like our opinions <laughs> on everything, like politics and drinking, and man, you know, we just like we we'll talk about everything. <laughs> 
So now I think we're going to be a little, a little more, you know, kind of maybe a little topical. We might mm-hmm. talk about things like mm-hmm. Barack Obama's Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, yay. Winning today. Yay. That was very cool. I, when a was the last time know. we had a president who got a Nobel Peace Prize? When was the last time? I know, honestly. I and you don't know remember. what? Here's the thing. People are complaining because they say, you know, he hasn't done anything yet and he hasn't earned it. And, you know, Al Gore had to go around and, you know, save the environment. Oh, Al Gore has a movie. Years. You know, Al Gore. You know, but see, here's the set. thing, though. Yeah. I think it comes down to the stark contrast. Uh, yeah. between the last president and this one. And I think that what mm-hmm. it does is it gives us a tremendous amount of hope. And it also places the focus on his function as a as a peace builder. Yes. You know? And I think that that's a good thing. I think mm-hmm. that... I don't think he's going to forget that, but I think this is a nice reminder that yes. this is, you know, this is what we got him there for. And no matter what your politics are, you know what? If you hate Barack Obama and you think it's horrible, don't email me. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I love him. I'm so happy he's president. I think he's going to do good things. And no matter what, he's our president now. So, yep. If you hate Suck him, it up. Just, just smile and keep moving. <laughs> you know, and I mean, that's uh, the thing is, I completely understand. I mean, I have voted Republican in the mm-hmm. past, you know, and I have voted both ways, and I see things from both sides, usually. I think that right now, at this particular moment in history, the Republicans mm-hmm. are really scrambling to get people um, in the party who it, it kind of got hijacked, you know, yeah. by this kind of crazy fringe. And yeah. I think that once we get people in the party who are – stepping up and saying, you know, this stuff isn't acceptable. I think Olympia Snow is a fabulous example of that kind of thing. Mm. I think the stuff that she's doing when she's stepping up and she's saying, no, this is not, you know, I'm here to make a difference. I'm not here to, you know, just say no for the sake of saying no or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of really good Republicans out there who are going to do some good stuff. It's just unfortunately the party's been hijacked. Mm. So right now, you know, I mean, I'm very excited that we have the president that we have. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited that he got the Nobel Peace Prize. And I'm very excited to be living in a country where the leader is peace-oriented, and I mm-hmm. think that that's just where we need to go. And so these are the kinds of things that we would have never said on the old podcast because we're like, oh, we don't want to upset anybody, and we don't want to, you know, but now we're older no, I and said and that. drunker. And you. We <laughs> right. I have never been politically correct a day in my life, and I always say the stupidest things. But, you know, but the thing is that here's, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to upset anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, and I really don't want to fight about it either. Like, I'm mm-hmm. certainly not going to, if anybody writes to me saying, well, you know, and it's Lucy willwriteforwine.com so feel free to write me you're yes, probably not going to get a response not cj at it's lucy who expresses her opinion um but uh but you know i mean the thing is i think no matter where you are politically to have the leader of our country get the nobel peace prize is something that you can be proud of as mm-hmm. an american and that's that's all i'm gonna say yep that's you know sounds so good done. yeah so anyway all right back well. to this <laughs> Where we, where I completely diverged <laughs> off of the script, which is actually going to happen a lot now, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, what was this I month saying? we'll be answering your questions from the forums, right? Okay. Yes. Go ahead, yes. You. Yes. <laughs> and this month you voted for writing discussion and right. uh, with the topic of reinvention, which we think is very apropos. It is. It's very topical right now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about reinventing yourself as a writer and reinventing ourselves with the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots mm-hmm. of good stuff in there. There's lots of good stuff we're going to be talking about. Yep, yep. Uh, first, we need a small break. So sit back. <laughs> so CJ can beat me about that and be like, do not talk politics. <laughs> and we'll be right back after I beat Lonnie. Oh, Lucy. <laughs> Wait, Lucy. Lucy. <laughs> 
there's one. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Lucy. I've been drinking. In the old days, in Will Ride for Wine 1.0, that is really hard to say. Will Ride for Wine. It's like alliteration. Like a, what's it, you know. Anyway, in the old days, we used to do the PS Tongue twisters. PSAs about the dangers of drinking too much because we didn't want to be responsible for you guys drinking too much. Behold the irony. <sighs> but now, you know, if you've been listening since the beginning, you've been lectured to enough. Know what I mean? I mean, what is life for if not to live it? We spent all this time thinking, no, 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 mustn't, 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 shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. And you know what? I say yes. I say go for it. I say if you're not driving and you're not on call at work and you're not in danger of having an inappropriate and regrettable sexual encounter, then go for it. Kick up your feet, turn on the podcast, get out a decadent snack and have a damn glass of wine. Enjoy your life. You only go around once, knock yourself out. <laughs> See, she's going to kill me. <laughs> Cheers. Welcome back. I'm Lucy March. And I'm CJ Barry. And this is Will Write for Wine. Again. <laughs> I again. I love saying that. That's always my favorite part. For those of you who have listened to us previously, we used to put the big content in the C blog, but we're tightening things up now and getting to the meat of the podcast a little bit earlier. Yes, well, we're still relatively sober. Although the A block took a while. <laughs> the A block took a while. So I'd say we're, you know, we're about the same. <laughs> I mean I wouldn't drive at the moment but you know we're, we're doing okay so anyway tonight we're going to talk about reinvention and we'll get to that but first we're going to answer your questions so mm-hmm. there's a place on the forum where if you've got questions you want us to answer i don't care what it's about doesn't have to be about writing although that's mm-hmm. really the only thing we can speak with any authority on <laughs> don't ask us about wine <laughs> right <laughs> Um, but you can ask us anything. And so the first question we have is from Melissa Blue. Uh, mm-hmm. What are the things that you've done that help push your writing to the next level? CJ? Well, that's really interesting. I had to think about that one a little bit. You know, I think really it just comes down to writing books. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the whole process. You go through the process from beginning to end, from beginning to end, from beginning to end. And you kind mm-hmm. of learn a few things along the way about yourself, about what Mm -hmm. you want to write, um, and, uh, you know, working with critique partners and beta readers and your editors, Mm -hmm. and I think you just get better, you know, the more you do it. I think it's just practice. It's like, you know, practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a really big part of it. Mm -hmm. I think also it's that um, one of the things that I've been doing for the last few books is that I go into every book with not just a um, a goal for the book, like that I'm going to write, you know, a romance or that I'm going to write mm-hmm. something with mystery or whatever, but that I, I go into it knowing that there's something that I want to accomplish. Yes. You know, that I want to do for me. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, my biggest example is in The Fortune Quilt. I, um, I started writing The Fortune Quilt right after I had read 
um, The Undomestic Goddess by Sophie Kinsella, mm-hmm. which I loved. It was my first Sophie Kinsella, and um, I, I actually really, really enjoy her. Even The Confessions of a Shopaholic, if you appreciate that they're, you know, they're just fun books, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and the, the main character in the Shopaholic books can be really annoying, but for some reason I just find her endearing. There's something mm-hmm. about Sophie Kinsella's work that I just find really endearing and fun, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, but anyway, I had read The Undomestic Goddess, and in that she basically you know, has this main character whose life is totally destroyed. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, in this next book, I want to write about, you know, I want to take somebody's life and just dismantle it. Mm -hmm. Everything. Take everything away from her and build her back up. You know, and I thought that that would be really, and I really enjoyed it in that book, and I felt like I had a clear focus as to what it was that I wanted to do. You know, now I'm working on um, A Little Night Magic, which is, uh, you know, going to be coming out from St. Martin's in, like, 2011, (laughs) presuming I get it done. Um, (laughs) No no worries, my editor, if you're listening, I'll get it done. Um, But, but, you know, I mean, the thing with that is that I wanted to write a book that could be a series. I don't know if it Mm -hmm. will be, um, I don't know if the, anybody's going to want a second one. Depends on how good the first one sells. So I'll remind you to go out and buy it when it actually comes out. Um, but, you know, I wanted to write a book that could be, you know, um, a series of books. It could be like mm-hmm. your Suki Stackhouse. Or, you know, and I think that with, with every decision that I've made, every goal that I've made for a book as I've written it, um, it's pushed me to do something, A, that I hadn't done before, mm-hmm. and B, that was slightly outside my skill set. Like, right. I think that, you know, and there's something that... you should always do that. Yeah, that if you're not yeah. scared, I don't know who first said this, but that if you're, if you're not scared that you can't write the book you're writing, then mm-hmm. you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. That's right. That's you right. You know, so I think that, I think that by trying to do things that are that are different trying to accomplish things in your writing and you know often I'm just inspired by you know other work I read mm-hmm. a book that I really love and I think gosh I love the way that they did this particular thing I want to write a book where I can do that you mm-hmm. know and then I take a swing at it and you know and it's just it's really fun it makes it engaging it makes it terrifying but you know what writing is terrifying anyway oh, God, so you yeah. might as well you know you might as well get better at it while you're <laughs> while you're horrified you know I, sitting in the corner yeah. shaking yeah. Um, I mean I don't know so how many I think, times I would like get in the in the middle of a book or it, it, usually it happens like before I start the book and I uh-huh. start to see what kind of book I'm going to be writing. Right. And mm-hmm. it's kind of at that point where you're like, I don't know if I'm a good enough writer to write this book. Yes. But I will be by the time I get to that scene. <laughs> right. And you know, and I mean, I, mean, I think that's to. a really important, it's a really, oh my God, there's a mouse in my room. <laughs> no. I have, Two cats. I'm sorry. It just ran across my field of vision. Oh, God. I'm on a bed, and I'm 2,000 times its size. Well, let's, and let's I hope it's not cats. a jumping mouse. I have this thing with rodents. All right. Anyway, um, I was saying something, and oh, God, it's just so creepy. Okay. I'll be fine. I'll get the cats in in the next break. Because anyway, I've got two cats. I mean, basically, like, my job is the only me, thing they're I supposed just, to do. See, here's the thing I live in the country. You live in the country, things happen. There was a bat in the house in mm-hmm. my room mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, and I'm still getting crap about that from uh, from my housemate Jenny and um, you know I mean honestly I just uh, okay I just have a thing with rodents anyway my point is about what you asked me about which was not about the bat or the mouse uh-huh. um, 
I'm okay. No, I'm really, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take another sip. But you, you take it from here. Yes. If you're not pushing yourself, then it's not. Right. You know, you're not, you're, you're not, not doing getting, it right. Get any better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it right. Okay. Also from Melissa, <laughs> over your career, what has made you change your writing style and or the type of stories you write? Little things, big things, your interests cha- just changing, etc. So, Lucy? That's really that's really interesting. Um, over your career, what has made you change your writing style? Mostly, okay, first, the first book I ever published was a chick lit book. It was first person and it was, you know, and it was just the mm-hmm. way that I wrote because that was the way that I wrote. Like I had no consciousness of anything, of any craft or any, you know, anything like that that would actually mm-hmm. get in the way. And, um, and then my publisher actually came to me and said, hey, you know, I think you'd write a great romance. Here's a check. And I was like, oh, dude, awesome, money, I'll write it, you know, <laughs> thinking that it would be really, really easy because I mean romance, right? So, oh my God, <laughs> I was going to kill myself. That was the hardest book I've ever written in my life because I had no idea how to write a romance. I had no mm. idea what was involved. And that ended up becoming um, Maybe Baby. And mm-hmm. I think that that, you know, really honestly was market forces. Somebody came to me and said, here's some money. Yeah. And I said, I'll write whatever you want, you know, mm-hmm. if you give me a check. And um, and so, you know, I mean, that's kind of how I got into that. How I got into the next time I really changed my writing style, I would say, is when I'm, when I'm going from Lonnie Diane Rich to Lucy March, because now I'm writing. Um, it's essentially a first-person story, but it's written with the kind of structure that I would use, um, you know, in a, like, romantic mystery, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and, um, and, uh, so, I mean, I changed that, I think, because there's a certain point where, in the particular style that I've used, I've written, I've used everything that I've got for that mm-hmm. particular style, I've used everything, every story that I want to tell in that particular style, and so I find something that's intriguing, that's different, again, it kind of relates to the last question in that there's something new that I want to do. I want to try to do something that I haven't done before. And, um, and so that's kind of what makes me, you know, change my, change my style or, you know, uh, move on. And I think that most writers, I mean, some writers do really, really well writing the same type of book over and over again, because they're just really good at it, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some people, if you can keep yourself engaged, you know, and really still feel like every book that you're writing, you know, um, still has that zing that you know if you've got the zing then you know mm-hmm. it ain't broke, don't fix it but I think that for me I have such a short attention span <laughs> that I really need something new and shiny you know so all right and I you know I wrote down a one word remember I told yeah. you I wrote down right you know what my one word was impatience no <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> um, because I had sort of the same the same type of thing I wrote uh four right. fe- four four or five futuristics I think yeah mm-hmm. science fiction romances first mm-hmm. and um and like you said I felt like I had written the hell out of you know futuristics right mm-hmm. and I really wanted to try contemporary and um mm-hmm. and much to my surprise uh somebody <laughs> actually somebody actually bought a contemporary right. from me on mm-hmm. the first three chapters in a synopsis right. I didn't tell them that I actually had never written a whole contemporary book before (laughs) whoops yeah Mm -hmm. and it was really it was a challenge and I needed Mm -hmm. that I need I need to Mm -hmm. be challenged oh god and those were so good those are the Samantha Graves books yes yes if you haven't read them yet you have to oh they're so freaking good I love those books (laughs) but again I wanted to write if I was going to write contemporaries I still had Mm -hmm. to have something in them 
that I loved, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was lucky they had the art, they had the the history, the Mm -hmm. artifacts, you know, and those Mm -hmm. things, which I'm just absolutely, you know, nuts over. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I finished those two and then I wanted to get back into more paranormal. I wanted Mm -hmm. to somehow get between the two of them because Mm -hmm. I figured out how to do the paranormal and the science Mm -hmm. fiction and I figured out how to do the contemporary. I wanted to do something that combined both of those worlds, Mm -hmm. you know, into Mm -hmm. one. So um, I was really lucky to to sell a shapeshifter series to um, Kate Seaver at Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So very happy about those and I finished the first one and I really like Yay. it and again it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know you're reinventing yourself you're kind of, it's a, it's a challenge it's terrifying it is a huge challenge mm-hmm. yeah it's terrifying but it's also mm-hmm. really exciting you know, mm-hmm. and it and really, it, it like taps different pieces of your brain. It's great. So it does. And yeah. there's no saying you can't ever go back. I oh, mean, no. if you wanted to write a futuristic, you know, yeah. you could go back to that. But it's just Absolutely. like, you know, at, at this time in my career, I've written, you know, all the kind of romantic comedies that I had in me. And mm-hmm. I wrote all the women's fiction that I had in me. Although now I have this idea for the next book <laughs> that is actually more like <laughs> the romantic comedies that I used to write. And I've got this, wow. lo- I've got these two characters I'm just madly in love with. And it's something that's got this real mystery behind it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of challenging. But. Well, what's interesting is that mm-hmm. if I went back to futuristics, they would be very right. different Oh, absolutely. Then the first five that are, by everything yeah. you've done, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they would be mm-hmm. very different. They would have a very different tone right. and a feel and mm-hmm. everything to them than mm-hmm. um, than my first five. So, it, right. it is nice to be able to bounce around. It's it's a little mm-hmm. hard to sell that way, but it's uh, but uh, it, yeah. but it is nice. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what? It's hard. In any industry in which you you know mix art and business, mm-hmm. you know, it's always difficult. You know, it there's, it's always going to be difficult to sell. It's always going to be difficult to make your way in this business. It's always going to be difficult. So you might as well have a good time and write what you love while you're doing it. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So right. The mouse is in the closet, so I'm pretending oh, to ignore it. Oh, okay. All right, it good. went into the dark place in my closet, so I'm just going to like let the cats in, in a little while. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the next question is from. I'll, just, I'll be giving you mouse updates gradually throughout the thing because I know you're all on the edge of your seat. About Lucy's mouse. Anyway, well, if I hear um, a scream, just don't blow out my eardrums. That's all. <laughs> I know. If it starts, and the thing is, I'm actually I'm on a bed that you know is actually fairly high up off the ground. There's no way this mouse is getting on my bed, and yet I'm sitting here like, oh, you know, I'll tell you the bad story one of these days. <laughs> the bad story is kind of funny, but anyway. Um, if those of you have been to my blog uh. at storywonk.com, you've read the bad story. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, from P. Winkle, um, how much romance makes the difference in genre? For instance, how do you know when you are writing a romantic mystery or a mystery with a relationship in it? CJ? Uh, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. Um, usually can't tell till the end. Um, <laughs> it's how, it's kind yeah. of how the book winds up. If your book ends with the mystery wrapping up and then the relationship mm-hmm. wrapping up, generally right. it's a romance. If it right. ends with the romance wrapping up or not not being resolved really, and mm-hmm. the mystery being the final thing that's resolved, then it's generally a mystery. Um, right. But uh, I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that? It's it's kind of hard to. I guess it's how much time you really devote to each element. 
Yeah, I think it's the, the there's book. always a there's always an A story and a B story, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I think that if um, it has a lot to do with the amount of time that's invested into each one, mm-hmm. but also like there's certain anchor scenes, and this is what I I teach in my classes are the that there's the anchor scenes throughout the book. It's just basically like your opening scene, your first turning point, your second turning point, um, your second act midpoint, the third turning point, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, you know, all of these scenes, when you look at them, whatever they are focused on, you know, your anchor scenes, your big climax, all that kind of stuff, if it's focused on the relationship, then it's romance. And if it's focused on the mystery, then it's a mystery with a relationship in it. But, you know, I mean, basically, generally, most of the time... I think that those kinds of things are really the call of your agent or editor Mm -hmm. because that has to do with where it's marketed. You know, and I know that if you want to send it out to a publisher, you need to know, you know, if you're, if Mm -hmm. you're publishing, if you're sending it to Harlequin, you want to make sure that it's a romance, you know? And I think that, you know, you can, if you read a lot of those books, you can get a feel for, you know, whether what you're writing is a romance, but if what it is in the book that's giving you the real juice as a writer is the relationship then it's a romance if it's the mystery then it's a mystery mm-hmm. you know All right. but I would also let your agent or editor sort that out too yeah I, I think so and you know if you're so. submitting to an agent or editor I mean they're going to tell you especially an agent is going to tell you where you know where that book would yeah. go Yeah, an agent will tell you where the book goes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you know that an agent represents, you know, both romance and mystery or whatever, I mean, then you can market it to them. And there's no saying, like, if you've, you know, if you've got something that has a really strong romantic element in it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's maybe a little more mystery and you're marketing it to an agent who does more romance than, than, than otherwise, then, you know, just take the chances, you know, just yeah. go and send it in and let let the agent, let the editor decide if it's right for their line or not. And what they can do is they can also come back to you and say, you know, um, I really like this, but can you, you know, buff up the romance more? Can you buff up the mystery more? And then you can go and you can work with it at that. But really, like, genre is such a function of marketing. It's not a function of writing. You write the novel, then it is what it is, and you let the agents and editors sort that out. Right. But, you know, I, I understand why people want to know, though, because because they want to know what agents and editors to market it to. So, I mean, you have to market it yourself first in order to get it out there. So I understand why people really want to know, but it's just, it really comes down to where your, your big anchor scenes, what they revolve around, whether it's the relationship or the mystery. Mm-hmm. And I so think, I think you need to, especially if you're just starting out with a new genre mm-hmm. um, or you're just starting out as a new writer, mm-hmm. you need to read, you need to um, research, right. you need to kind of at least get some idea yeah. of where your your stories lie and what genre mm-hmm. they lie um right so that you have a starting point right you know mm-hmm. uh, the worst thing that can happen is an agent will say this is a great book but it's not this and i don't do right. this mm-hmm. but somebody mm-hmm. else might you know so so at least right. that way you kind of i mean i didn't i never knew when i wrote my first book what mm-hmm. i was writing until somebody told oh, me, me <laughs> what genre <laughs> i was writing i'm like really? i don't know what chiclet was i thought it was a gum I was like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. You know, and I mean, when I when I came into it, I came into it so blind because I, you know, I had written this book in NaNoWriMo, you mm-hmm. know, National Novel Writing Month, which November, you write 50,000 words in 30 days. Right. And um, I, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I just, you can only wipe down the same kitchen counter so many times before you want to stick <laughs> a fork in your eye. And so, you know, I got to that point where I just, you know, wanted to sit down and write. And I've been taking writing classes, like, you know, kind of casually 
never mm-hmm. thought I would take it seriously. And, you know, I just started writing and it ended up being something that, you know, that I was natural at and that I really enjoyed. And it built, you know, on yeah. that. But I had no idea. When I marketed it to, you know, my agent, I had no idea. Who, I mean, I had sent it to a friend of mine who was a writer. And she mm-hmm. said, oh, my agent will love this. And she sent it to her agent. Her agent was like, yes, sign you. And now she's my agent. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I know that makes you all want to shoot me because you're like, oh, my God, I hate you. Because it was just so, it was so like I fell backwards into it. But trust me seven years later I've paid my dues because I've written eight books none of which anybody's actually purchased apparently um and uh, I'm a huge failure in the business but you know I mean the thing is well actually you know because I did the you know I, I actually did get onto the New York Times by mm-hmm. um, writing some very illustrious coattails and you know what I'm not ashamed of that I'll put it on there I'm a New York Times best-selling author Simply because I wrote with Jenny Cruz and Ann Stewart. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's fine. I got no shame. So, you know, that's fine by me. But, um, you know, I mean, I just, I think that it's not important that, you know, I mean, the fact that CJ didn't know when she started writing and mm-hmm. she sold her book. And I didn't know when I started writing and I sold my book. I mean, I think that it's really a matter of. Good you know, writing. writing the book the way that it needs to be, yeah. writing it well, learning your craft, knowing what you're doing, and then you just market it to anybody who might possibly want it and you know, don't worry about it. A lot of this know? is just so much luck anyway. It's it's uh-huh. it's, it's luck and it's it really perseverance. Is. It's random strikes of lightning. Mm-hmm. It is, and it's, it, but it's perseverance as well. It is. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to get knocked down a lot. You're going to get rejected. Right. You are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way it goes, and um, yeah. mm-hmm. because what you have is kind of like a really special unique commodity and not everybody's going to want it but the people who want it are really going to want it you know that's very true so Mm -hmm. you just can't give up on it that's all yeah no absolutely not all right right, so should we get into tonight's topic which is reinvention reinvention something we both know a lot about yes yes (laughs) so let's start with you know on on the forums a lot of questions that people had were about reinventing yourself as a writer and working Mm -hmm. with pen names and the thing is since this is the first moment in my life that anybody's actually ever actually called me Lucy uh-huh. um you know I don't think I know as much about the <laughs> reinvention with the pen names and all this kind of stuff as you do I'm really kind of a newbie uh, to this so why yeah. don't you talk about that a little bit like the experience of moving from CJ to Samantha Graves all right and back again right mm-hmm. right um actually my move to Samantha Graves was a request mm-hmm. by the publisher who uh right. purchased uh, purchased the Samantha Graves books mm-hmm. and the reason they requested um they asked me if I would take a, another pen name was because um my books were so different the CJ Berry mm-hmm. books were futuristic science fiction mm-hmm. and the Samantha Graves books were you know contemporary and um right. a little bit of paranormal but no science mm-hmm. fiction nothing like that and um, I think they had a fear that the readers would be con- would get confused and think that they were right. buying a book that wasn't, you know, that they mm-hmm. weren't going to get the book they were expecting. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and so that was fine, and I I agreed mm-hmm. with that. So uh, mm-hmm. I just made up a name. <laughs> People <laughs> ask me, "Oh, is it your grandmother's name?" I'm like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever. Well, I you know, you go on the, you go into Amazon and you search and you yeah. make sure nobody else is writing nobody under else that name. Had and you go and you do the yeah. you do the web search and make sure that there's no like Samantha Graves that everybody's gonna get you confused with. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and then you move on. That's right. So, so I actually grabbed like a couple of names and I went and searched uh-huh. them and I bought this I bought the websites just in case and um, oh yeah. 
and, You're so prepared. Well, and if I had been smart, I would have used just my real name, which is Cindy, and actually Cynthia. Right. So, but I didn't. Right. Cynthia is just too long, and Cindy is fine. Everybody calls me Cindy. So, if mm-hmm. I if I had to do it again, which I hope to God I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going with Cindy. Cindy something, I don't know what, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. really good because now it was CJ, then it was Cindy, then it was Sam, now it's CJ. And then I don't have to call you Cindy. I mean, my friends don't know what to call me. I go to a conference, nobody mm-hmm. knows what to call me anymore. And I feel so I bad know. for them. I'm like, you know, I'll pretty much answer to anything. So. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that, you know, you and I are very close friends in, uh-huh. in regular everyday life. And then I, from the podcast, I would never have had to call you Sam uh-huh. ever. Yeah, right. Samantha, you right. know, because it was just, your, you know, but we did the podcast. And so then I had to call. And there were times where I would sit there and be talking to you and have no idea. I'm like, Cindy, CJ, Sam. You know, I had no <laughs> idea what the hell to call you. Well, it and does then I start calling you tricky. Sam in our regular you know, interactions, and I had to, like, work to call you CJ or Cindy, because when we're actually, you know, at Olive Garden together, when yeah. I call you by your real name, <laughs> you know, it's like the same thing with uh, Chrissy, um, Ann yeah. Stewart, her, yeah. you know, her name, her regular everyday name is Chrissy. Right, right. So, you know, when I first met her, when we started working on Dogs and Goddesses together, I kept calling her Ann, and then after a while, I was like, okay, she's Chrissy, she's Chrissy, she's Chrissy, and now I can get that straight, like, mm-hmm. I know to call her Chrissy now, like, I'm totally used to her as Chrissy, right. but it's just weird you know when we it went out we weird. did the book tour and i had to call her ann because just to keep from yeah. confusing the hell out of people you know exactly so, and and yeah, really the weird. names i use are like mm-hmm. you said to try not to confuse the people that i'm with right mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. but the other thing is with a pen name is that when you create this pen name you're actually creating a whole different persona this is the right. person who mm-hmm. writes those books you know, this is the person who's in that world. So how is Samantha Graves different from C.J. Berry as far as the persona, the personality behind them? The personality behind them. You know... Because you seem kind of the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's more for me is like where my head is right. when I'm one or the mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm C.J. Berry, I take pretty much everything uh-huh. and everything's a possibility. Right. You know, mm-hmm. with Samantha Graves, I have some areas that, you know, I have some sort of, it's not really a box, but I have some uh-huh. parameters, you know, some limitations right. mm-hmm. of what I can do as Samantha Graves. Uh-huh. So, um, so maybe, maybe that's the difference. You uh-huh. know, I think Samantha Graves, I'm much more grounded and as CJ Barry, I'm really, right. I'm really not. <laughs> well, I notice. I noticed that C.J. Barry, because by the way, the part where you said it was okay for us to curse uh-huh. in the podcast, <laughs> you wrote that. I didn't put that in there. I know. That was not my scripting. I, I read that. I was, and I was waiting like, for you to see that. kind of wild. <laughs> I like C.J. CJ's because a wild Samantha woman. was always telling me to behave myself, and I didn't enjoy that very much. Now we have it's two like people, and neither one of us fun. are going to tell each other to behave. And neither one of us. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is that Lucy is so new to me that mm-hmm. I have no... You know, Lucy, I don't think is, you know, and the thing is, is that I honestly, I have no sense of artifice. I have no, like, (laughs) I am what I am, warts and all, and that's what I am. (laughs) You know, like, I think as Lucy or Lonnie, I'm the same. I mean, I'm going to write different types of books, Mm -hmm. you know. um, But it's almost like creating another character. Having a pen yeah, see, name. Lucy isn't a character. She's yeah, I, I know, but for me, like, I don't feel like that's a character. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's the same. You know, I'm I'm still me. Like, I'm right. Still, I can't, oh well, yeah. 
but it's it's where it's where you're blogging as Samantha or you know Mm -hmm. even doing will write for wine like CJ is different Samantha would not have let me curse on the air you know and I'm just so tempted to say fuck no but you know what I mean explicit label on there. Oh, anyway, that's all right. That'll make us fun. That's what makes this podcast different from the last one, is that we're right. going to say things that are very inappropriate for young children, even though we've got a couple of Padawiths. Yeah, yeah. Whose parents Pat- are listening to us and be like, who are these people you're listening to? You know? <laughs> but I mean, right. do you feel like that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's interesting, like, to take on another personality, to be like Well, it's not, it's like, not really like a different, different personality. I think it's... I think it's that your your mind goes to like mm-hmm. just different places. Like you're you're In sort of writing. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a writer, if I'm writing a C.J. Berry, my head is mm-hmm. like. In, in one place in and if I'm place. writing right. as Samantha Graves and my head's in another place and mm-hmm. I think I think you might find that a lot in um, writers who actually write you know different genres mm-hmm. you know under different names yeah. well so, there are people who write like Jadan Krentz what is her other she writes as um can't remember. I'm completely but, blanking on it now. Yeah. I'm sure there are like Jane, you know, there's a Jane Castle. Who are listening to this, who are like screaming at us. You know, right. is that Jane Castle? That's she wrote one, right? Jane Castle. She wrote a, a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, futuristics and um, like paranormals as Jane Castle. Yeah. But she also yeah. writes as Sabrina, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not her. Jeffries. Yeah, she writes um, mm-hmm. uh, historicals as well. Under a well, different I know name. there's a whole bunch of people who yeah. write, you know, all these different genres under mm-hmm. different names. And I, I understand, I guess, I guess deep, 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 deep down inside, and I'm not a publishing professional as mm. far as, like, I don't understand how any of this business works. Um, it's all a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, to me, I'm not sure anybody really cares. <laughs> I mean, I can understand if you've developed a name for yourself. Right. And... You know, and like if you write something completely different, somebody's going to pick it up thinking they're going to get something and they get, you know, well, thinking they're going to get A and they get B, you know. Yeah. And so that can be like, that can set up reader disappointment and set up a bad word of mouth or whatever. Right. So but I guess I can understand that. But like somebody like me, like nobody knows who the hell Lonnie Sandridge is. <laughs> and maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why they're like, you know what? <laughs> let's kill the losing streak with well, Lonnie because she's a loser. Believe it or not, there yeah. actually is mm-hmm. a business reason for this as well. Yeah. If you write one genre and you're very, um, you know, you sell well in that genre, uh-huh. and then you write another genre that you love, but maybe you don't sell yeah. quite as well in that genre. Right. Mm-hmm. If your name's the same, yeah, the slots that they buy, that the stores buy, uh, mm-hmm. are because affected. It's all based on your numbers. Yes, right. are affected. Mm-hmm. So that. So is I also guess that makes sense. So it's a good thing I'm Lucy Marsh because <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> Did Lonnie Diane Rich not sell well at all? And you know what? I wrote fabulous books. I have no shame about that's any right, of them. That's right. I love did. my books. I think they're you wonderful did. books, and I love them. But for some reason, and you know, it could have been that I was published wrong, or it could have been you know any number of things. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a fabulous time. I wrote wonderful books, and I don't regret a minute of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like it if I, you know, didn't have bill collectors coming after me. But you know, whatever. <laughs> life is life. It's always a challenge. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm excited about starting this new, you know, era with mm-hmm. Lucy March. And, you know, and it's fun. And it's also a fun name. Like, I like the it name is. Lucy. I think Lucy's a very cool name. I've always wanted to use it for a character, and I've never been able to use it mm. for some reason. I've never had a character that fit Lucy. Right. You know, so um, so it's really fun to kind of be Lucy March, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
but at the same time, like, you know, it's so far. I mean, I, it's going to be 2011 probably before <laughs> this book comes out. So for my, my existence as Lucy March is pretty much going to be this podcast <laughs> where everybody knows me as Lonnie anyway. So I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, you know, so it's just, it's kind of a, a weird, it's very weird for me. Remember when I first started writing and, um, you know, I, I, my name is Lonnie, L-A-N-I, which is a really difficult name to pronounce in any circumstance. And then I had this, you know, I married into this really, really horrible German last name. You know, it's just mm-hmm. impossible to spell, impossible to deal with, impossible to pronounce. Nobody's ever pronounced it right. You know, and God bless them, they try. Um, you know, when I met my husband, I'd ask him like five times to spell it for me because it's just horrible. So I went back to my maiden name, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, but before I made the decision to go back to my maiden name, I was considering, you know, like, pseudonym yeah you know something that would be cool and um i was talking to um katie McAllister, whose you know actual real name is like martha or something but Mm -hmm. she she goes under katie McAllister, and i was asking her about how she did it and how she you know worked with that and and she said you know the best thing to do is just to go on to a bunch of online places and introduce yourself as you know lucy and they just don't know any better Mm mm-hmm you know, and um, and they just know you as, and for yeah. some reason to me that just feels so incredibly false. Like I just can't. I don't know. I feel like a, you know, like I'm not representing myself, and I'm mm-hmm. always one of those people. Like you know, these horribly over honest people who have to like explain every detail in, you know, to the nth degree, even though you don't care, just mm-hmm. because they don't want to lie. I'm one of those people. I, I will sit there and, like, just so I don't give the wrong impression. And I've, I've curbed it a little bit in recent years because I've realized how annoying it is. But, like, details that nobody cares about. And I will just go on for days and days and days just to make sure that I'm being clear about exactly what the situation is. Um, so it's it's very difficult for someone like me to be like, yeah, I'm Lucy, you know. Um, although I will get used to it with the That's aid right. of mango mimosas, which, by That's the way, right. yum. Okay. Yum, totally yum. <laughs> so we figured after we reinvented ourselves as writers right. that uh, we missed the podcast and we want to do it again. So we yes. wanted to do the podcast, but we weren't the same. We weren't writing under the same names as we were in the- <laughs> Right, and it was and things were different too. Like we had stopped the podcast because both of our lives kind of became really seriously complicated. Yeah, about a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> things have since become incredibly complicated for me, which involved a move to Ohio, and now I'm living in a completely different place. And um, yeah, it's just it's wild. So, yeah, so we decided know. to reinvent the podcast, which, as it right. turns out, mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. We kept a few things that we could not right. live without. And, I couldn't um, part with a theme song. I we know. Were gonna, we were going to. We were going to. We had a new theme song, and it was awesome, and it was great. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I was like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do, do it. it. I can't do it. I know. I just, I had to put the old theme song. Yeah. Because I just, yeah. there's something about every time I hear that song. I know. It just stress puts you in a good mood. Ego, it does. It, no, it sets me into will write for wine it just yeah it makes me feel like this you know there's there's the podcast that we do and it's the two of us blah mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah 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 you know <laughs> but then there's like this community of whiffers and yes. i associate them i think because that opening that we had for a really long time where we had all the whiffers and oh them, you know, yes listening to will write for wine, you know? yeah all these really awesome mp3 and just i associate that so strongly with the whiffers that it just felt to me like i couldn't change that element right 
Right. You know, I just, I couldn't do it. Although one of the things that we have changed is the scripting of yes. the big, you know, content block, which used to be the C block is now the B block, what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've got none of this scripted and we've just been going on and on. It's going to be a long block, people. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Good thing we only anyway, do it so once what are we, a month. We're doing different in this is that we're doing this once a month mm-hmm. now instead of once a week, which right. I think makes it a little more, more manageable to sustain it. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let me see. I, we, we did the website. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The website. Well, CJ did that. And it I is did. awesome. With the dancing so girls. Funny. You got the dancing girls on it. And it's just so cute. It I mean, is. it's so fun. You know, it we'll is. have to get pictures taken of us doing the dance so that we can, There's you know. There's no way. I'll stick my head on her oh, body. I'll get you drunk enough. When you're out here in November, I will get you drunk enough to take pictures. Trust me. Great. Mm-hmm. I'll make Cruzy take them. It'll be funny. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So we did decide yeah. to kind of revamp the whole thing, but there are right. some key mm-hmm. things that we did keep, so we had to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the PSA is for one thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> New PSA, which you guys just heard, <laughs> which was really, really fun. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're keeping some stuff and adding stuff in. I like the, I like the free form of the, um, of the, the B block now. And I like the, um, I like the fact that the whiffers, everybody in the community is deciding what it is that we're going to discuss yeah. because. It's, it makes it easy um, for us. <laughs> it makes it easier on us. Less pressure on us. We can just blah, 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 and talk know, about whatever, great. you know. All but right. also that there's there's such an ownership in the community of the podcast that mm-hmm. I feel like it's us who are up here like blah, blah, blah. But the community is really such a huge part of it. And I love that basically what we're doing is we're coming here, you know, once a month to talk for the whiffers, yeah. you know, and for what yeah. it is that they want to well, hear Well, and, so. and the forums have been going strong for the past year, oh, they with have. or without yeah. us, you know? I know. So, <laughs> and I've been absolutely Really don't need us. Been, <laughs> last year's been a little bit crazy in my life. So, I mean, I think that it's it's just been really, it's amazing that we've got such a strong, you know, community that continues whether or not we're there. They mm-hmm. just don't even care if we're there or no. not. They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You guys can come and go. We're here. We're doing it. And, you know, and it's really, it's the podcast. I think the podcast in this second incarnation is really about the community more than it is about you and me talking about writing. Right. You know? Right. So, which I love. I think that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the action-packed and completely reinvented (laughs) B-block. Right. That, as it turns out, is is more like a combination of the B-block and the C-block that we used to have. We'll be back in a minute. (laughs) Are you worried that one Will Write for Wine podcast a month won't be enough for you? Going through withdrawal when you hear the sign-off. Having sleepless nights wondering what, oh what, will Lucy and CJ be discussing on the next show? Well, we've got a cure for your Will Write for Wine fever. No, it's not more cowbell. It's the Whiffer Forums. Yes, you too can participate in the coolest place on the net with the coolest people who listen to the coolest podcast. They talk about wine and writing and duct tape and Max and all sorts of other cool stuff. So stop on over at willwriteforwine.com slash forum. Now back to the coolest podcast ever. Thanks for coming back. I'm CJ Berry. And I'm Lucy March. And this is Will Write for Wine. 
And these are our latest addictions. Right. This is where we tell you about our latest addictions so we can addict you. Yes. Uh, we all remember Bubble Shooter, don't we? Right. All right. <laughs> Man, I've gotten so much hate mail about bubble shooters. <laughs> like, I can't. Just wait until you get to drop some colors, let me tell you. All right. Anyway, mm. go ahead. <laughs> so my latest addiction is Bones. Yes, ah. the TV show Bones. And I blame <laughs> Lucy for this. All right. Well, even though they jumped the shark on nearly every episode, I, um, mm-hmm. I just love the characters. I know mm-hmm. more about them than I do my neighbors, which should worry me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) plus I'm getting kind of used to seeing dead bodies in various states of gross, so, you know, it's really good for research. Uh However, I I had a dream the other night that I was hunting down the body of a woman who had died 90 years ago, and I found her in a state park buried in sand, so, and it just felt a little too real. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bones will do that to you. I mean, Bones, I watch it every week religiously, Uh even though the writing on it Mm -hmm. is actually a little (laughs) mediocre. Like, there's some things that they do. There's some things in the dialogue. There's things that they do in the characterization. There's things that they do in the story and the plot. Mm -hmm. Like, the season finale last year. Yeah. Did you, did you watch the season finale? Amanda? It was interesting. I was so furious about that. Oh my god! There was it was no season finale. It was you know Booth in a coma. The storyline had nothing to do with anything except that at the end he was in a coma. You know, but mm-hmm. I mean, like it would have been fine. It would have been a fine episode mid-season. But mm-hmm. when you end a season, you end it. I mean, this is the thing that so many people do not understand. A novel needs to be complete from beginning to end. At the end, there has to be an end to that, and you cap it. And even if it's a series, it should stand on its own. Mm-hmm. In a series, in a television series, each season is like a novel, and all the different episodes are chapters in that novel. And you need to have it end the season. It has to cap the se- I was so mad at the end. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I obviously still have not gotten over it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. The whole thing infuriated me. But but yeah. the thing is, is that with Bones, even though a lot of the times there's unbelievable things that the characters are doing, that there's dialogue that's just tin and woody. Well, and the science. Is, I still love know. it. Yeah, I know. Oh. I still love it, too. I, you know, I uh-huh. love I, I like the characters. I mean, I actually can see, unlike a lot of other TV shows, mm-hmm. that where you don't see the characters grow, it's just like right. the same characters. Like House, he never changes. Mm-hmm. He's exactly oh, actually, the same. No, this season, this season, he is. Have you watched it this season at all? I started to watch it, and I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it's too late for me now it because be. I, I just kind of like of gave up. I know ago. I did. Mm-hmm. So, but so yeah. unlike that, you actually do see this, the characters change little mm-hmm. by little, which is good. Mm-hmm. I like to see that. I, I don't expect them to have this great metamorphosis, you know, right. but, mm-hmm. but it is realistic. But you want to slowly amount that I mean, trained. I think that, I think that we're past the days where viewers are accepting of characters that stay the same where you could Mm -hmm. watch an episode from season six and an episode from season one and it wouldn't matter you know what order you'd watch them in or whatever everything is becoming much more serial it's Mm -hmm. um becoming much more it goes from you know 
from one episode to the next in a, in a more, you know, kind of serial sort of way as opposed mm-hmm. to an anthology series, which is something like, you know, Twilight Zone, where it doesn't matter what episode you get, you never have to be, you know, you only have to be there for that exact episode or murder she wrote. You yeah. know, you can be there for that exact, it ends, she's at the same place at the end of the episode as she was at the start, you know, except exactly. there was this murder that was solved, you know. But with these yep. stories and what's going on with television right now is that seasons are really like, novels you know yeah. and the ex- and there's an expectation that you set up when you start to tell a story and mm-hmm. you know bones is i love it and it's so frustrating for me because in so many ways i you know i'm completely enamored of these people and i think a lot of it has to do with the actors right the actors in bones are fabulous i love really them. And i love sweets you know oh i love sweets <laughs> oh my god you, you know, know i, mean, I think him so great. he him mm-hmm. and and what's her face the oh montenegro girl him and oh her. you think they're gonna get it on no they would be so cute she, together she and hodgins are gonna get back together they're just gonna draw eh, that out but the thing is that they've got know. me to the point where i almost don't care anymore like you know when a couple is happy mm-hmm and they just decide, you know, for no really good reason just to break up. It's yeah. just so contrived. And so at this point, like, I don't really even care that much about Angela and Hodges. But, you know, I mean, I love Cam. And when she adopted the, you know, mm-hmm. her ex-boyfriend died and she adopted his daughter yep. last year. I mean, oh, my God, that was so heartbreaking. It was. You know, there's so much yep. really, really good stuff between, you know, um, Booth and, and, uh, and Bones. And mm-hmm. there's just just really really good stuff going on there so yeah it's a great great show and i'm so excited that you're addicted to a television show i I know really really think that when you get here in november we need to watch some buffy good because i actually have it it's in my it's in my pda literally Uh in my pda thursday 8 p.m buffy no not buffy bones (laughs) <laughs> oh, Bones. Oh, Did you say Buffy? I thought you said Buffy. Oh, I'm saying Buffy. God. You got to watch Buffy. Yeah. No, you got to yeah. watch Buffy. <laughs> I, I swear to God, if I get you through season one of Buffy, season one is where you're kind of like, eh, I could take it or leave it. As soon as uh-huh. you get into season two, you're going to be completely addicted the whole way through. You're going to mm-hmm. watch it the whole way through. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, how did I ever not like this before? Uh, you know, it's going to uh-huh. happen. It's yeah. going to happen. All right. It may happen while you're here because, you know, I have duct tape and ink and laser voice. <laughs> so... I'll just duct tape you to the lazy boy, and, you know, we've got <laughs> Buffy and Angel and everything. We'll just force you through it. anyway. Make sure I got a straw and a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, my latest addiction, um, mm-hmm. which I got in July and has not left my side ever since, is the iPhone. Ooh. Now, here's the thing. When I heard about the iPhone and I saw the commercials and everybody had had one, and I thought, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Oh, my God. I swear I have no idea why they get one earlier. <laughs> I am completely attached to this thing. The one thing that it does, too, is it has a little camera in it, mm-hmm. you know, and it, um, and it doesn't take the high-quality pictures that a regular camera does, but it's also there, you know, because it's my mm-hmm. cell phone as well. So I've always got it whenever, and I've taken a ton more pictures of the girls and just of everything. And so, I mean, I love it. I love just having it. It is the best but you know that commercial where it says there's an app for that uh-huh. <laughs> have you seen that i'm here to tell you there is an app for that whatever <laughs> it is that is for you there is an app i have a pedometer that counts mm-hmm. my steps and miles when i walk the dogs every morning mm-hmm. the other day the girls were fighting over something and i was able to flip a coin on my iphone 
they'd be like, oh, we need to flip a coin. I'm like, I don't have a quarter. Wait a minute. And I downloaded it from, you know, wherever I was at the time. And then flipped a coin. I got a coin flipping app. Um, I have I have one that tracks my menstrual periods. I have one. <laughs> I mean, I swear. There's like an app for everything. I have this brain game that's supposed to like make my brain work better although I really don't think I, I think kind of there's some things that are just a lost cause um, you know there's games there's you know the Kindle app for the iPhone so I can actually read and download books on mm-hmm. my iPhone so no matter where I am or where I'm waiting I've always got a book to read cool. I mean I am just I'm insane I was in an, a familiar part of town the other day and I need to find a Walmart so I go and grab something I just punch it into the map and it finds the closest one it knows where I am it's got a GPS <laughs> on it um I mean, it is insane. I seriously, I'm in love with this thing. I I cannot exist without it now. Cool. (laughs) It's very, very sad. All right. So those are our addictions that we're passing along to you so you can get addicted. All right. And then up next, we have the... (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. dun. (laughs) That was the worst one ever. We are weekly really weigh-in, <laughs> which, which isn't really a weekly weigh-in anymore. It's more like a monthly weigh-in, but we thought it sounded really weird. <laughs> I don't know. The monthly, like whenever you say anything is monthly, the first thing that I goes know. through is, you know, again, twice in one block, I mentioned periods, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, it just kind of has that, especially when it's women talking about it, like the monthly thing. So we're just going to call it the weekly weigh-in just for the sake of tradition, even though it's not yeah. really... Yeah. weekly but anyway okay well here's where i am with mm-hmm. my with my stuff i actually haven't done much work i'm teaching my discovery class over at storywonk.com yes. um is where i as my alter ego lonnie diane rich which is actually who i really <laughs> am um i'm i'm teaching a class in discovery and revision and the discovery class you know i even though i've already like kind of written the first act of this book i need to re- there's things i need to change in it so i'm discovering a lot of of things about this book even though discovery is traditionally really a process that you do before you write the book it's where you kind of figure out everything that's going on um but uh so you know i've been working with that i've done my soundtrack and you know all the all the people in the class are like doing all the assignments and i'm like yeah i need to do it too i haven't done my collage yet i've been meaning to but it's just one of those things i haven't got to yet and um you know i mean but i'm actually discovering so much about this like all these missing pieces from this book that i've been trying to make work forever and i'm so excited about it but I uh, have actually written anything yet <laughs> no but I'm gonna I'm actually gonna be doing it for NaNoWriMo I'm gonna be even though it's uh, it's a cheat NaNoWriMo you're supposed to start on November 1st oh, and wow, you're not wow, supposed wow. to write anything ahead of time and I already have 25,000 <laughs> words invested in this but you know what I, I'm on a deadline I've got That's a contract right. I gotta write this thing so I'm gonna use the NaNoWriMo momentum to cheat my way through NaNoWriMo and um, and write an additional 50,000 words and then hopefully get get close to the end and then once you're in the last you know 10 20,000 words it all right through you know, oh yeah it all moves mm-hmm. really fast so <laughs> so I'm hoping that I can get all that done um but that's basically where I am right now and hopefully mm-hmm. by next month which will be the beginning of November although you'll be here so I don't know how much writing I'm actually gonna get because <laughs> I'm gonna be like you know what I don't want to write let's drink ah, you know because uh CJ's gonna be here but yeah. um but anyway so next month I will you know weigh in with <laughs> whatever progress I've made how are you doing Good, good. Actually, I'm taking your discovery class, Lucy slash Lonnie's Mm -hmm. discovery class. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that it totally works. Okay. (laughs) 
I have to say, for the last two months, I've been struggling with this book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't have a plot. Well, actually, I had about twelve plots, and that was the problem. <laughs> But thanks to Lucy slash Lonnie and her great tools, I have a plot, I have a soundtrack, I have a collage, I have interviews with my characters. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. I'm, like, so excited. I mean, I still have, like, things that I have to figure out. But, oh, sure. Um, you always have things you have to figure yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got things I, I need to figure out. But the process of actually thinking about it and working on things that right. are related mm-hmm. to that book um, mm-hmm. has a, is a great way for you to really, really discover the story that, that you want to write. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, good, yep. good. I'm Yay. so glad it's working. I mean, you I know, know, this is Yay. all stuff that really works for me. And so now I'm teaching it in these classes because I'm doing one on discovering, one on revision. Mm-hmm. And both of them are, you know, one is for before you write the book and one is for after you write the book. You know, but they're really, it's such a, these are such powerful tools that, you know, I've been learning through the years basically by beating my head against the wall. And the thing that I love so much about teaching discovery is that it's, it's a process which most people don't give a lot of time to. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and by never... teaching this class, you know, you're forcing yourself to really attend to the discovery process. So. Well, the thing is, it, it adds a little structure to the discovery mm-hmm. process because normally, oh, I mean, discovery can mm-hmm. be just like staring into space for, you know, three months and yes. trying to figure out your book. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> but it adds a little structure to it. Mm-hmm. So it really forces you right. to think right. about the book mm-hmm. and to work things mm-hmm. out. Doing the collage was very interesting for me. I mean, I had pieces, I had the elements, you know, like you said, you have a focus Mm -hmm. for the book. So I had a focus for the book. I knew what I wanted the book, pieces of what I wanted to put into the book that would Mm -hmm. make me happy, Mm -hmm. you know, as a writer Mm -hmm. and, and to write the kind of story that I wanted to write, but actually Mm -hmm. to go through the process of the collage and figure out what those pieces are and how they fit Mm -hmm. together, that Mm -hmm. helps you plot. Right. Oh, good. Yes, it does. I mean, it helps Mm -hmm. me, you know, (laughs) so I'm glad it's, it seems to be really working for the people in the class, which is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because I I enjoy teaching this class a lot because it's all about, you know, kind of encouraging the fun stuff, the stuff that gives you the juice for the book and how to kind of find that and, and figure it all out. And the collage is so essential. I mean, it's something that I had heard about and I never really wanted to do. And I was like, yeah, you know, collage isn't going to work for me. And then when I sat down and actually did my first collage, I was like, Oh my God, you know, it just opens up all this stuff for you. Well, it's nice for me. Um, I'm very visual. So right, the collage right. so that is would really essential. I mean, mm-hmm. I do a collage for right. every book, but I didn't think mm-hmm. with this one that I was quite ready to do the collage. Right. But by mm-hmm. force forcing me to do the collage a little right. earlier mm-hmm. than I normally would mm-hmm. actually helped me um, move along a little faster on the plot, which is good. So. Oh, good. That's fabulous. Good. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for our co-host challenge. <laughs> this week, it's killer word. Okay, CJ. Hit me. All right. Uh-huh. Your world is... Pabulum. Pabulum. P-A-B-U-L-U-M. Yes, very good. Pabulum. And I think it's, my my first instinct with this is that it's some kind of, um, like, papyrus, like, writing, like, paper or something. Am I completely off the... No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what is it? All right, it's a noun. (laughs) And actually, it has... Three separate and totally different 
definitions. All of which I couldn't hit with the bright side, yeah. broad side of a barn. It's, it's yeah. very, I've never seen a word like this. All right. Mm-hmm. Pabulum is food, mm-hmm. especially a suspension of or solution of nutrients in a state suitable for absorption. I don't really know what that means, Whatever. but anyway, food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, intellectual stus- sustenance. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. And number three, something as writing or speech that is insipid, simplistic, or bland. So, you know. <laughs> it seems like one of those kind of catch-all words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know if they couldn't figure out what else to call it, they said, let's just call it pabulum. All right. I think I think I actually have heard of it in the context of the insipid. Uh-huh. I think I have heard of it in that. But the first thing that came to my mind was papyrus and writing. So <laughs> there you go. Obviously, I've had a little too much champagne. But anyway, um, are you ready for yours? I am. Okay. Titivate. <laughs> Titivate? Titivate. Oh, boy. T-I-T-I-V-A-T-E. Hey, you got the spelling! Yeah, we're getting better. <laughs> oh God! All right, now what does it mean? Titivate means to um, run yeah, from. Yeah, go for the r- obvious. Come run, on, go ahead. Run from mice. <laughs> run from mice. Ah! You reminded me of my mouse. Although he went into my closet, he's probably eating through all my sweaters. It's pretty titivating. Um, no, in there. actually, it's not to run from a mouse. It is a verb. It is uh-huh. to make smart or spruce up to decorate. Oh. So every Christmas you go insane titivating your house. It sounds a little too close to titillating. <laughs> it is. It's very close to titillating, which is why I chose it. It was almost there. Which and is not right. sort so. of dangerous. Right. But and I guess where I got my word? Where? Guess where I got it? On my iPhone. It's got oh. a Word of the Day app. I love this. There's an app for that. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our new C block. Yay! Mm-hmm. Which used to be the problematic D block, but by renaming it, we thought that might help. It really doesn't. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lucy, also known as Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is your Story Wonk Writing Tip of the Month. A lot of times, when we only have a little time to fit writing into our busy schedules, it's hard to get into the zone. You know the zone. It's that magical place where the words just flow and the story's going and you can barely even keep up with it and hours go by and it feels like minutes and you can't believe all the really great work you've done. That's the zone. We love the zone. Very hard to get back into the zone sometimes, especially when you're on a tight schedule. Here's some things that can help. One, create a soundtrack for your book and play it whenever you write. Two, Burn a particular candle or, if you're accident prone, spritz a particular air freshener or perfume into the air whenever you write. Three, set aside a writing cap or a writing shirt or writing pants, it's really between you and your God, that you wear only when you're writing that book. Four, write in a particular place in the house or at a coffee shop sitting in the same place every time you write. Sensing a pattern? That's because there is one. By using each of your senses to create triggers, you can make it easier to regain entry into the zone. Once you've gotten into the zone a couple of times with these triggers present, you'll find that the triggers themselves will make it easier to regain entry into the zone. This can be especially helpful for anyone doing NaNoWriMo in November. You need all the help you can get. If you like this tip, please visit my website at storywonk.com. 
There, I teach online writing classes and discovery and revision, write random posts about my life, sometimes including owl pellets, as well as talk about writing. You can also access audio downloads about writing there. You can also subscribe to those via iTunes. Just search under StoryWonk, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-N-K, and then click on Podcasts. See you there! Well, it's time for last call here on Will Write for Wine. Again. <laughs> we hope you had as much fun as we did. So like we said, once a month you get to hear us carry on. And we used to have the automatic email loop, um, but we've opened up a Twitter account to notify you every time there's a new episode. It's Will Write for Wine with the number four for the word for, because they wouldn't let us otherwise open Will Write for Win. <laughs> So I, I typically am against using numbers for words, but in this instance, I will do it. So find us on Twitter, go ahead and friend us, and then every time we have a new episode, we will notify you through that account. Yes. And we know it's a long time between podcasts, but it's shorter than the six to nine months that we were doing, so no whining. <laughs> right. <laughs> Be sure to visit the forums at willwriteforwine.com forward slash forum and give us topics to discuss so that when we're recording, we're talking about the things that you want to hear about. Right. And also visit to say hi, Whiffers Love Company. <laughs> yeah. So until next time, this is Lucy. And this is CJ saying if you can't write for money, then write for wine. Or mimosas. <laughs> or mimosas. <laughs> Caffeine consumption. So when I get up, I just have one cup of coffee and I like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast. And on the way to work, I like to get a cup of coffee. Like the kind of cup of coffee that you get with the donuts. If I never get the donut, I just have a cup of coffee. And when I get to work, I like to have a cup of coffee. Because I like to have a coffee.